I want my statement for people to know what really happened in this country. Because I plan to host Olympics in Marseille. The Olympic community don't care about human rights. They don't allow visitors to come with phones, cameras, because they are scared of images. If I can figure out how to film, would you be willing to share your story publicly? My idea is for you to read your statement as if you're speaking to the audience. Okay. Japan does not accept refugees. They just give you the forms to feel what is the life. Give it to one eye. And still no access to the earth. Here a lot of people for five years. What are you home dying? え、there's so much more that I want to talk to you about. I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid that maybe they listen to these phone calls. Yes, yes, sometimes they, they, they listen. And I trust that situation is for massive hunger strike. So to the end, Corona TV became a very hot in the show. But as a team, I'm just going to take a look at the show. Those Olympics postponed. Some is kind of having a injustice kind of punishment for for Japan. What you just heard is the trailer for a documentary about the Ushiku Immigration Center near Tokyo that mainly holds people seeking refuge in Japan. Using a hidden camera, award-winning filmmaker Thomas Ash interviewed inmates there from the late 2019. In that documentary, he portrays the lack of refugee policy in Japan, how the media is unwilling to talk about it, and the same can be said about worldwide organizations like United Nations, and concludes that this is Japan's biggest human rights violation. In the documentary, Luis Christian, a Cameroonian who ran to Japan for refuge status was featured heavily and his story is one of the most heartbreaking one. The Japanese immigration department not only coerced his wife into divorcing him but also to abort his second child and alienate him from his first child. In this podcast, we talk to him about all that and more. 
I also would like to remind everyone that this is a part two of the two-part conversation that we had with Luis Christian. If you haven't heard the first part, please go to the last week's episode and listen to that first and then this episode will make more sense to you. I'm also joined by Enrique Gutierrez, the founder of Fine Rapparent in this episode. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. But yep, Luis, let's continue with the story. What happened next? Uh, yes, we come together and she's, we have a wedding, wedding where even my friends convinced me, like I have to call uh, my embassy people to come to the wedding. I said, no, I don't want that. But my friends convinced me that I have to call. So I called uh, the ambassador was in my wedding. So my, my in-law was there. So we have a nice wedding. and. The same week, she she told me that she was pregnant. And and we were very happy. The family, everybody was happy that we have a a second second, second child in the family. And uh, like I said before, I went to uh, uh, some French. I introduced me, uh, people from France that didn't speak uh, English, didn't speak French. They say they they have... uh, because so I do also translation between French and Japanese sometimes for people who come from abroad that want to do business. So I went to meet them and they say, okay, I have to help them go to Fukuoka. They'll pay me 30,000 uh, a day. 30,000 a day for like $300 a day for, 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 yeah. So I went there with them. Then we was in the hotel. Personally, uh, uh, the Japanese people and, and the French people, the Japanese people left. When they left, the, uh, the police come. The police say that the Japanese people go and complain uh, about the French people in, in the in the in the police station that they are scam scam people. So they took us. We went to the police station. The after six hours, it was released because for me, they say, oh, this is just a translator. You don't have anything to do. And the French people also was released. Then uh, one month later, the French guy was leaving, go back to France. There was arrested in Narita airport. He uh, said that his passport was a fake passport. According to police, passport was a fake passport. So they come and pick me again. From Fukuoka to uh, uh, from Tokyo to Fukuoka station for the interview, where I have spent uh, twenty three days. You know, like during uh, eleven days when I was there, eleven days interview, uh, the police officer was crying, the one that was doing interview to me. Like uh, here. Fear was coming on his eyes, asking me, you love your wife? You love your I said, yes, I love my wife. You love your daughter? Yeah, I love my daughter. But no, his eyes come red, he's crying, but he don't explain why to me. He did not explain nothing to me. So 
then 23 days, the day they, they, I have an interpreter. I have an interpreter there. And the interpreter also it was very helpful, you know, like you know, they will try to trick me, try to do something. But sometimes you will have some chance to tell me that to be careful. Yeah, it's foreign. You will tell me, and it's, it's, it's try to help me to support me also. Then, the day they are supposed to, to go out from police station for one to release me. First, I, I, I asked them when I, I asked the police, tell my wife to send me a, a towel, underwear, soap. I didn't receive nothing. No, I didn't really receive nothing. And I asked my lawyer, because I, I take a lawyer, I asked my lawyer, do you contact? He said, yes, my wife, she's, she's very angry. And the police are trying, the police are saying a lot of, a lot of bad things to, to her. So she, she don't listen even to the lawyer. So, and the day, 23 days, the day they want to release me, they bring me to a room. Not the room that they, they are doing interview every time, but a different room. Yeah. So there was a table with a paper and pen on it, on top of the, of the table. They, they say, okay, sit down. Sit. There was three police officers sitting down. They say, okay, you have to write here that you are not going to search for your wife. You are not going to uh, search for your, for your daughter. I say, what, what happened? What is this? They say, your wife. Don't love you anymore. I say, come on. If she don't love me anymore, uh, it's not you that have to tell that to me. She's the one that have to tell that to me. When we meet each other, when we love each other, you was not there. You say, no, you have to write there that you are not going to search for your wife. You are not going to to to, to search for your daughter. You have to give up. Write in the paper. I say, I'm not going to write. So, no interpreter was there. They starting brutalizing me there using force to force me that I have to, to, to write. You know, I lose like 18 kilos. I was not eating during my 23 days thinking about my family and everything. So then, you know, I started to feel dizzy because of the violence, everything. I see, okay, now I'm alone with that interpreter. I know that I was in the trap. <laughs> so not interpreter, I may die here. So I say, okay, I will write that I'm not going to look search after my wife, but to write that I'm not going to search after my daughter, it's better I die here. I cannot write that one. Because my daughter is my daughter. But my wife, is she, she, she don't want me anymore. Okay, but I cannot write that I don't want my daughter. So she said, okay, okay, you write that you don't want to search for your wife. And I wrote I write there, and they told me, okay, we have one thing to tell you. Don't ever try to call your wife. Don't don't try to call your wife. If you call your wife even one time, just one time, she will change her phone number and everything will be worse. That will be the end. Don't call your wife. I say, why? I have the right to call her. You say, if you try, everything you will make everything to be worse. Then, then they give me a paper. On top of the paper, there was one number. The number was written there and the name. They say, okay, you will have to go on Monday, go to Akabane police station and go and pick the key of your house. 
house and say, oh, I have the key of my house here with me. I bring the key out. I say, this is the key of my house. He say, oh, that key is not working anymore. They have changed the key of your house. I say, why, why is changing? Who changed? They say, ah, they don't know. You go to the police station on Monday. That was on Saturday. They free me on Saturday. Then they say, I have to go on Monday to the police station. So I go out of the police station. I went to the pharmacy, buy some medicine because I was feeling dizzy, headache. Everything. Then I took the Shinkansen, the rapid train. Inside the train, I tried to call my wife. The phone ring one time, she caught Ring one time she got after she off the phone. She even she blocked me. Because the number, my number, her number. She she you have she registered my number. Yes, I use my own phone. So she didn't answer the phone. So I went to my house, put the key. Last Saturday the key was not it's not working. So they changed the key of the lock of my my my, my door. So I have to look for a hotel. That was Halloween. Halloween in Tokyo is 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 a big party, you know. And all hotel was full. All hotel is full. I cannot call friends because my friend of most of them have family. I cannot I cannot call I cannot call them. So we have to find for a hotel. The only hotel was available was uh, a intercontinental hotel. The room was thirty five thousand a night, so I paid seventy thousand for two nights. You know they had. Yeah, they have the key of my house. So I cannot even sleep in my own house. But the police have the key of my house. So, uh, but on Saturday night, on the night, Saturday or Sunday night, my wife sent me a message. She said, oh, uh, your marriage, uh, you use me. You are, you are a liar. You use me. You abuse me. Uh, so your marriage is a fake marriage. You just want to uh, stay in Japan. No? You just want to stay in Japan. I will need. I will, I'm going to court against you. I will ask 30 million for compensation for fake marriage. You have I betray me. You betray my family. And she said, because of you, I have to leave hospital. I was doing uh, abortion. I do abortion. I have to leave hospital to rush to go and and, and protecting the house. You know, actually in Japan, okay, they say 23 day, uh, 23 day, but most people stay 21 days. Most people say something one day, and they told me in that police station they don't release people, uh, even in, on Saturday. You know, but they keep me twenty three days because that Friday my wife have to run away from hospital to pack everything from the house. Hey, hold on, we'll keep him incarcerated a little bit longer. Pack your things, okay? We'll, we'll detain him a little bit longer. Just just hurry up, yes, okay? Yes, <laughs> yes, We're breaking yes, every yes. law here, every human right law here. But you know, don't worry. Yes, yes. <laughs> I tried to say to my wife, no, listen, uh, I love you. This is, she said, forget about that shit. You don't love me. You just want to live in Japan. They already told me everything, you know? And she said, if you look after me, the police will arrest you. If you go to my family, because my intention, I didn't say that my intention, like, okay, I'm going to my in-law, try to know if they say, if you go there, the police will arrest you. No? Uh, okay. Then, after uh, we spoke also on Monday, uh, or no, on Sunday, on Sunday we communicate, we exchange mail on, on Sunday. On Monday morning, I, I went to my, because the, the, my bank was in Hero. 
near my hotel, near the hotel. So I went to the bank for check. I, I found out that she took uh, 9.6, 9.6 million because I leave her when the, when the police come to my house. I leave her my cash card. I have two cash card. One, she's the one that using for the family present. One one bank account. And the other one is for my business account. If people come from abroad, they want to buy a car. So I'll put the money there, then buy back to the car. Split them. So, but that time in my bank account, that was my friend. We played football together, together, and he was my neighbor. We played football together, and he's, he's working in, in the bank. So he come for the economic forum. No. He come for the economic forum and he gives me a 10 million yen to buy a car for him. So, and then I took the money, I took it to my account. But when they arrest me, I trust my wife. She's my wife, I have to trust her. So, I give her, yeah, maybe she needs to go to hospital, maybe she needs to pay rent, something like that. So, if she's take a little bit money there, maybe if I come out, I can pay back the money there. But she take 9.6 million. So, I leave, I, I ask her, why she took the money, she did not reply. So from the bank, I went to the police station. Akabane, at the number they give me in Fukuoka. Fukuoka, I called the number, the, the, the police officer answered, he said, okay, come to the entrance. I went to the entrance, he said, okay, come to the second floor. We have your key there on the second floor. And I followed him to the second floor and he brought me, he brought me to a room. He said, sit down. I sit, there was a paper and a pen. There. He said, listen to me, there is a case against you. I said, what kind of case again against me? Because in Japan, like what they have done to Carlos Gon is not actually like that. Sometimes they are a person. If you have like three cases, four cases, you do 21 days, 21 days, 21 days, 21 days. You, you know the system, right? They don't release you outside. If they leave you outside, that means no cases anymore. So, but this time, you know. Now they say, we have a new case against you. I say, what, what case again? They say, you beat your wife and you have killed your child. I see what happened here. So what the Japanese government probably did is took the paper that you signed and then went to her, convinced her to report against you and then put the, all the blame and then call abuse on you and so on so that they can open a new case for you and put you back inside. So they kind of created this whole strategy where they will use your document that you signed and then go to the wife and convince her to put another case on you and then you are like uh, stuck within the yeah, system. So I said, no, I'm not going to write it. So I was like, what kind of country? You know, I hear many stories about this, you know, like this really is happening to me. Now it's, it's my turn. You know, I hear many, it happened to many foreigners. Now it's my turn. It's, you know, sometimes when you hear, you are not sure that it really exists. Maybe people are lying, you are doubting. But now it's, that is the reality that is happening to me. I said, no, I'm not going to sign anything at all. You know, when they come to my house, they have warning arrest. When they come to my house, but this time, these people have no warning arrest. That changed that change the key of my house, bring me in the police station, make me stay today in the hotel. So they say, you have to write. I said, I'm not writing anything. You know, I was like, then. Before even I, when I was saying I'm not writing, the door opened, other police officer entered the room. Just them, it was like, we must write. Right? It's like they were listening. I don't know what to you know. You just entered there. You must write, write. I said, I'm not writing. Then starting to brutalize me. Then I tried to resist. No, before even that, 
when they say right, right, I told them, <clears throat> listen, all what you people have said to my wife, that my marriage is a fake. I don't love her, everything. She has already explained everything to me. You know, that's why they told, they told my wife that if I call her even one time, she should not answer. She should not even, she have to cut all contact with me because they want to protect the story they have given her. So, yeah, if, if she, 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 she cut all the contact, then I would not have any story. You know, I would maybe think that I may be because I was in detention. That's why the, 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 my wife divorced me. But that was not the reason. The reason was like my marriage was a fake marriage. I don't love father. I have many girlfriends. They find out that during the visit, I have many girlfriends. So I have big friends. Great. And yeah. So when I say that I already have that information from my wife, my wife, I communicate with my wife, you know, we tried to take my phone, my phone like was like broke, broken. This the screen of my friend go blank. Yes, because we have like brutality, you know, so violence was there. So I, I think uh, this time I'm really going to die because these people, you know, they know what they have they done to me already. They have killed the child and they need something to protect themselves, you know. They need this domestic violence. If I don't sign it, they are ready to kill me here. And, you no, know, I come by myself. If they, if they kill me there, they will explain that I'm the one that come to provoke police. I come to fight them. You know, it's only one story. Their story, I'm already a dead person. So I have to write. So, okay, okay, I, I will write, I will write. At uh, that time also, my English was not uh, like, like now. So the police have to explain, uh, spell, spell to me. Like, okay, we have to write. I beat my wife, next car, her body. You know, when I was in the Fukuoka, the police was speaking. The police, they are safe. They have one somebody sitting down, secretary that will write everything in Japanese, and they translated. But this time, this time it's not like that. It's just like the police, no translator. I have to write by myself in English, and they will have to spell what I have to write. So I write uh, what they say that I beat my wife. Uh, I'm in her body. When I finish right, then they say the police officer bring the paper out. They say, okay, call this number. That is a agent, house agent number. Say, but you say you Fukuoka say you have my key and you told me there is my key on the second floor. Bring me, bring bring me my key. If you my key. They said you have to call the agent. So I realized that, no, that was the chain that my house, the, the, everything was planning from the beginning. Everything was planned from the beginning. Yes, I was. Yes. So uh, I leave here. I go out. Uh, I call the agent. Uh, the agent come. He say, "I, I was. I, I said, why you change the key of my house? Who will change? Because on Japan, only the agent have the right to change the key of the house. You cannot do that by yourself. If you want to do, you have to call the agent. You have to inform them. So." I mean, you change the key of my house. Why? He said, the contract is finished, but I still have like so one week to stay in the house. I said, well, I still have one week, so you have to change the key when the work week, one week finish. 
So I say I'm going to sue him. I'm going to sue them, the court. And he, he took me to the house and he opened the door. When he opened, nothing in the house, nothing, everything was, the house was empty. Only my, all, all my clothes, the new ones, she, she took everything. She probably took everything of value so that she can probably sell it yes. back. And there was only the garbage bag. That was the old, the old cloth that was there. And, and on top, there was a letter, letter on it. That uh, uh, she gave me the contract. I break the contract. I have many girlfriends. She mentioned everything, everything, everything I break. But when I bring the contract to my lawyer, my lawyer see the contract, my lawyer say, okay. She said, uh, if the police arrest you and you go to prison, the lawyer say, oh, not the police or prison, the police and prison. That means you was in the police station, but you do not go to prison. So the police told your wife that you are going to prison. After the police station, I'm going to prison. So the lawyer said that she wrote the contract by herself and she has broke break the contract herself, not you. But you are foreigner. In Japan, this happened to many foreigners. And since they are the, it's the police that give order to your wife to commit all those crimes against you, even if you sue the, the, your wife to the police, they will not do any investigation. They will not do any investigation. Since it's the government that order her to do to commit all those crimes against you. They will not do any investigation. So let us look for the wife and try to sue her or negotiate with her if she can come and testify. Then the lawyer, uh, uh, the first lawyer sent the letter. She did not work and they introduced me to another lawyer that was for him. He was like just like, when he had the money my, my wife took away. So for him, it was more interesting of he get, get back to the wife, get back the money and get his percentage. But me, I was like, okay, I want to get back my wife because I really love my wife. I love my child. So I don't see any reason to sue her that time. When someone, if she can come back, we settle the matter and we go maybe vote against the, the government. But the lawyer was more about uh, uh, the money. So, but he, let, he wrote later to the ladies, to my wife, by saying, okay, uh, you have to contact me, uh, bring out the, the child. He have the right to see his child and uh, give the child support and uh, uh, pay back the money waiting uh, seven days. Uh, this is my bank account. This is my number. Contact me. And the what? The lawyer, when the, my wife received the letter, she was like, according to the lawyer, she was in panic. She immediately called the lawyer. So the lawyer said, okay, who told you to, to, to divorce? She said, but the police say it's going, it's going inside. It's, going, it's not coming out and they're going to deport you. And did he tell you to remove pregnancy? No. Did he tell you to, to do abortion? She said, no. Take the money? No. So... Everything was done by the police. So the lawyer said, can I give him your phone number? Then you can communicate directly with him. She said, no, she's afraid. She's afraid to speak to me. Then she said to the lawyer, okay, we have divorced already. So, but you have to pay 80000 every month for child support. 
Yes, you see, uh, even after divorce, oh, she, she, she wants me to support my child. But, like, few to one to two days later, the lawyer called me and said, you have too much pressure from the, the police. Police is calling him uh, because my wife and the police, now they have, like, my wife, she's fighting the police that the police lie to her. That they say they order her to do all those things that they're going to protect her. I'm going to be deporting. But now I come out. I did not go to prison. I come out. And she had already divorced, do abortion, um, run away with the child, uh, to take all the property. And I found her house. Now I'm going to court against her. So my lawyer said, you have too much pressure from the police. The police is calling to know if she gives me the address. He have given me the address, everything. My lawyer said no. He told the police that he's going do everything legally according to the law and did not give me my wife's address. Later, one day, later again, the lawyer called me and said, oh, your wife said she don't need money anymore. The police said that she should not take the money. <laughs> like I said, yes, she should not take the money of child support. So uh, my lawyer said, you know, you understand the police want you to be overstayed because if you give the child support, you have the right to stay in the country. So if you don't have give any child support, you will become overstay and that uh, they have the right to detain you. Yeah, this was definitely planned. Like you say, this requires a quite a complicated way of thinking to arrive at this particular point where they locked you out of every single avenue that you have out of this. Yes. So after the lawyer said that to me, and, and the lawyer called me again to say that, oh, my wife has moved for the new address. The police asked her to change the address. And for that time, they make it more strict for maybe, they, they, I don't know, they give some report to the city office about the domestic violence. From that, that day until now, we don't have any, any, any information about my wife. Then... Yeah, 2000, 2000, I was in detention in 2018 because in uh, 2016, I was not able to renew my visa. I'm overstay since uh, my wife has uh, deported me and divorced me. Uh, I, don't, I don't give any child support and nothing. So I was detained again in immigration in 2016. And from there, I stayed there three years, three years in detention. Like, I, come, I, get, I get out. I even try, I try to commit suicide there because uh, I tried to commit one attempt suicide. I understand so, why you did that, but thank God it didn't work out. Thank God it wasn't a successful attempt. Yeah, 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 yeah. in 2000, in 2000, uh, in 2018. It's after when I tried to commit suicide that uh, many people, many volunteers, many people ask me, what is the real problem? So when I explain the problem, everything, that I say, oh, I should write all my statements from from beginning, from Africa, everything I have to write, what's happened to me, everything I have to write, and I write, I write everything they have translated. And I send many, many NGOs, many media everywhere. I send to CNN, BBC, UN, in Geneva, in Switzerland, Human Rights Watch, I send to them, everybody. And UN, UN send uh, one NGO here in Japan. They come to meet me. They say, oh, we are from UN. They say, we are from UN and 
you send a letter or big letter to you and they read everything and they ask us to come as as to come and, and see you. So I was very happy there, you know, that okay, and now the world can hear the situation now where I can speak out. But it's say what what is very strange, the NGO people told me, oh, people like you. There are many victims in Japan, many, many victims and people in your situation. Even if Japanese government want to hide those victims, they cannot hide them anymore because there are many victims. But we are very sorry that we cannot do anything. We are powerless. And like, 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 you know, my, I was like, oh, so why did you come to visit me here? And, the, you know, NGO working uh, with you and they come and say, they, they, they confess, they say, Japanese government is doing there are many victims that even if the government, Japanese government want to hide those victims, they cannot hide them. There are many victims. But yes, but they say they are powerless. If you and people working with you and can say they are powerless, you, you understand what? Yes. So it's so I be there for uh, when I, I was one year and like one year eight, and eight months, I starting I become sick. Uh, I starting vomiting blood, starting vomiting blood, starting vomiting blood. I'm not able to eat. So then I starting become very slim, very slim, losing weight because I was not able to eat anything. I put in my mouth come out anything. I'm doing my best to eat, but I can't eat because of too much stress, too much stress. So. They put me in the in the um, medical medical block. They call medical block, but I spent one month. I only see a uh, 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 doctor one times, and you know, in that block, many people are dying there. It's the place where many people are dying, so many people don't want to be there. If if you go there, even if you are crying, you are shouting. There is no room, no foreigner. The only those immigration people, so. No, you you can die easily there. But if you are with foreigner, if you sick, if they see that it's serious, they will protest. Or everybody will gather together, make noise, uh, refuse to go back inside the room. That must take him in the hospital. Call calling call calling lawyer, calling NGO to inform them that we have a situation here and they can try to pressurize uh, immigration. But if they put you there, nobody is there to take care of you. Nobody. So. When I was there, I was like oh, very worried, and you now I become slim, slim, and I reached in the stage like okay, from ninety kilo, I reduced into sixty-five kilo, and uh, sixty-five kilo. Yes, and I cannot go to the toilet alone. I cannot go to shower alone. I feel I fall down uh, 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 many times, like sometimes in the coma. Understand what I mean? Sometimes when they come to call me, uh, I, I, will, I will listen, but I cannot move my body, you know? And sometimes I'm feeling I'm dying, you know? Like, okay, I'm dying. And officer, I can see some officer, they will try, you know? Because they say, we have write all the reports, all the reports about your situation to the boss, but why they don't want to release you? You are going to die here. We do everything for you to not die here. They should release you or they should bring you to the hospital, not leave you here. We are reporting the situation day by day. No? 
Right. And how did you finally end up getting out of uh, detention? Ah, so now the situation become uh, because some people officer was believing that I'm going to die with myself. Even some volunteer people that visit me when see my condition, they they know that I, they can call them anytime that or oh, I pass away, if I die. Because really, really, really uh, I was I'm dying because I cannot feel. If I touch my body, I cannot feel uh, even the body anymore. So I mean, like I can breathe. Uh, from the, the sometimes the breathe will stop. Sometimes will stop for a few seconds. I come back, stop for a few. So I'm. But maybe I was concerned. So I don't have maybe a few hours. So I don't want to sleep. You know, if I sleep, I'm going to die. I cannot wake up. So I was afraid to sleep now. And when. The 45, 65 kilo. One day they come and call me. They say, I have an interview. I say, Oh, because I have applied for provisional release also. My lawyer have applied for provisional release. My health condition is too bad. They say, Oh, refugee interview. I say, What? What? What interview? You don't know how many times I have a collapse here. I'm not able to eat. I lose weight mentally. They said I have depression mentally. Everything is what kind of interview you can come and do. You know, this refugee interview is like you have to make examination to find out if this person is ill. And I have to be, I have to remember many things. And this is about you come, it's time to come and apply ask me to do interview. That is, it's, it's not serious. Yes, so. I refuse. I say I'm not going to the interview. And one officer, good to, because there are also good officers that are against what they are doing, what the, what the immigration, the government is doing. They told me, okay, listen, you know, for them, they come because in your statement you write about what they have done to you that your the government order your wife to steal money, and that caused the damage to your family back home, the massacre of your family back home, and you have published it everywhere. And for them, so it's opportunity to them that they have to come and and for you to do a mistake during the interview, and this is a good chance for them because you are sick, you mentally everything. And so, so is is what they are doing is is they are looking for a way to escape because we saw all the evidence. You, you submit all the everybody, all officers saw the evidence. The evidence are there, but these people now they are just looking at a way to escape away. So. He told me, you are going to die here. Everybody knows that. So if you don't want to die here, go and do this interview. They will release you. But if you refuse the interview, they will not release you. And you are going to die here. So I, I listened to him. I went to the interview. Uh, in the wheelchair, you know, in the wheelchair, like, okay. What everything that guy was saying for me was like, I just want the interview to finish. I go back and sleep. You no, know? so uh, anything they ask, I will answer. Any, any answer, I will give them. Then, and the guy was okay. First, he get angry with me. He bring the statement. I write. You know, they publish it or everything. The statement I sent to you and everything. He say, "What is this? Did you know that this is against you?" I say, "Come on, how can you ask my wife to kidnap my child to do abortion?" To steal the money that caused the massacre of my family back home, and you are now you come to pretend me, asking me that why did I write this? 
this is what you are doing to people. Don't come and ask me about you do have done it to many people, and that is true. No? He said, but this is against you. He said, no, it's not against me, it's against you. Yo, so so he said this is against you. Uh, you are writing that people should not trust the Japanese government. It is what he told me. People, I am writing that people should not trust. But I say, oh, so you kill my child for me and to tell the people that you they have to trust you for you to kill their child also. So the, the interview was, you know, I was feeling bad, but I have to be there in the interview. So if when we finish the interview. The next day, they come and call me. They say, oh, your provisional release is approved. Did you see what the, the, the game they are playing? First thing is like, they have to let me free. I have to go outside to do, uh, treat myself. Then mentally, physically, I'm good to do the interview. So, so I don't expect anything from them. See, they have killed my child because they want to kick me out of the country. Kidnap, kidnap my child, so I don't expect anything to, from them. So then, uh, two weeks, I stayed two weeks after the, 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 because they have to prepare for everything, check everything to go out. So, uh, I was released. When I, I went out or to the a friend place, I called Japanese, uh, to go. Call a Japanese friend that used to support me when I was outside. I said, I'm outside. He said, Oh, we know you. You, you, have, you will come outside today. I said, How do you know that I will come outside today? And he said, Oh, immigration called us two weeks ago. That means the, the day they come, the day they come and, and, and make me sign directly, they call my Japanese friend to tell them that, okay, uh, you should not. Uh, Make any friend with him, friendship with him. You should. He don't have right to stay in Japan. He, he don't have right to marriage. He don't have right to marriage. So don't see him. Don't allow him to come yeah, here. Yeah, time and time again, they just try listening to, to you, sure it seems like uh, Japan's so way of Japan. handling foreigners and refugees and all that is to make sure their life is super hard so that uh, they will just yes, leave. Yes, yes. Well, more than that, I think they're also trying to cut him off from any kind of networking that he's built in Japan with over the years. His wife, wife's family, and including now friends and acquaintances. They're completely just trying to isolate him in order just to be much easier to break. So, like, after uh, six days, six days outside, I feel like I was feeling very bad. Like, my friend feel I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to die. Like, my body, I cannot even walk. I cannot feel my leg. I cannot, cannot breathe anymore. Serious, so my friend called the ambulance. You know, for them, they see that okay, you know, many people die like that. I know many people uh, since I've been that inside immigration, I know people that went outside and die. That's less, less than a month because immigration makes sure that okay, ah, this guy, they know that the doctor, the doctor will say ah, this guy is he, gonna die so soon. So if he dies here, it's a pro, it will gonna be a problem. So they will leave you outside. And if you die outside, for them, it's not. It's not their business, but you know they have done everything to kill you inside. They just leave you for a few, few weeks outside. You go die there. So it's what they have done to me. So they know that yeah, I'm going to die even if I'm outside. I'm going to die in maybe one week or two less than ten days. They call an ambulance. I went to the hospital. 
they put me out of all that grace. You know, the doctor check it. They say, oh, my problem is a mental and heart problem. So I have to go to the mental hospital. So I went to the mental hospital and they found out I have depression, heavy one, heavy depression. You know, um, give me some medicine and I have to go also to the stomach. Stomach camera, everything. I went there. They found out that I have also problem in the stomach that cannot allow me to eat. My stomach was becoming how to collect some holes big because of the stress. So I went. In, uh, I was going to the hospital every time. Every time I'm going to the hospital, then I have to go to report to Yokohama Immigration uh, every month because. I have to go every month. So they have to report. Then after one month, I went to Yokohama Immigration to report. To report. Uh, they say, okay. I wait like 10 minutes. They come back to me. They say, okay, we have deciding that you you cannot uh, go back today. Hey, I say, why? I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm not well. I'm, I, I'm not fine. I still go to the hospital. They say, oh, we cannot go back today. And they say, for which reason? For which reason I cannot go back? You know, they take my weight. They, they take my weight. They say, see, okay, from 65 kilo, you are now 72 kilo. So you are eating. You are eating. So you have to go back. You can endure, endure detention. I say, so eating is a crime. You are eating, you are fit. To undo the, the detention life, so you have to go back inside detention. I did not believe, you know, I did not believe, I did not believe that, you know, like somebody telling you that you are eating because you are eating, you have to go back inside detention. So they want me if I want to be outside, I should not eat. I should go less than sixty-five kilo. Yeah, that's just uh, inhumane. If you ask me, that's completely ridiculous. <laughs> Like I stay one year, one year there every day. I'm vomiting every day. I'm vomiting, and there is they took all the picture, you know, all those every day. I'm vomiting every day. I'm vomiting. But, but, but when they bring me back, a many good officer that against the system told me this is not this is serious matter. You know, we told that in Yokohama immigration, the Yokohama people, that the people there, the boss there, don't like me. Yeah, they told me the boss there, yeah, the boss, the boss, they don't like me, but they called them, they announced, they informed them that the next time I'm going to extension, they will arrest me. But they opposed. Yeah, I was against it. They told them that this guy is sick. He's not able to eat. He's not able to eat. You should not attend him. Give him a chance to go to hospital and have proper treatment. If he's well fit, you then you can do that, but if you do that now, there is a big risk that you can die. There is a big risk. That more than five of officers explained to me that they have explained to Yokohama immigration, but Yokohama immigration does not listen to them. So if they bring me, they put me back in detention. So I have to to wash myself, otherwise I'm going to die there. Right, and I still. Don't get the answer. Like, uh, how did you finally able to, you know, come out of the detention? Oh, 
one year, the corona, you know, the corona, I become very weak also because I become weak. And, you know, many, all people was worried about me because I was not eating. I, my body was very weak inside there. So if I get the corona, uh, I will die easily. So, of course, when they release people because of the corona, they did not release me first. I was like the last people they released. The first release, normal people, they release them. You know, even people who stay one year, two years, they release them, but I stay three years. But of course, there are people who stay five years, six years, that they did not release, but they release some people. But me, even with my bad condition, they refuse, they did not release me. So when they see that the situation is not changing and the, the corona was in the immigration, because of corona affected Shinagawa immigration also. So they was worried that, okay, if I affect uh, Ibaraki, I, I, I get it, I will die. So before they, they accept, that was the reason why they accept to release me. Well, there's many reasons to be unhappy because of COVID. I think this is one of those good things that came out of COVID. You managed to finally come out of detention and even be here, talk to us and explain what happened inside the those detention centers and how they treated you. To all the people who are listening to this podcast and even in your press conference, you mentioned a lot about the situation in Japan. Now, uh, if you have a message for the Japanese government, what will it be? Uh, I don't know the message I will give to the Japanese government because for me, you know, if you have touched properly directly, you kill my child. I don't take you as a, you are my enemy. That is my direct message because uh, family is something uh, uh, sacred for all uh, religion, all uh, race, all community around the world. Every parents have the right to protect his child. And if the government kill my family, then there is no peace between me and that government. Because you know, I, I do not accept that. I will, that is something I, I will not negotiate <coughs> with that one. They have killed my child, and for me, the only weapon I have is to speak out about what they have done to people. And I will continue speaking out about what they have done to me and what I have seen them do to people. So that is my message to them, that I will continue to speak out. That I will stop it until at the only of the day I will, I will die. I will speak out everything they have done to me and what they have done to people around me, what I saw. I will speak it out because that is a crime, crime against humanity. What they are doing. Would you tell other governments that are uh, to, a, to, a, to any other government that's not a Japanese government? What, what would be your message to them? Oh, other governments, you know, um, I, I would tell them. I would like to. Uh, they, they know. They, they know the truth. They know that they don't have that policy in their land against against uh, foreigners, and they treat Japanese people good fairly. Uh, so why they should allow Japan government to 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 treat their citizen that way, no? So they should take action to stop that because if they don't take action, it's like they are betraying their 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 citizen. They are betraying their citizen because allow leave your citizen like the French the French guy uh, Vincent Fischer that have done hunger strike for twenty one days. Everybody was expecting. You know, the French government to take strong action because it's not only him, it's, it's many, many French people are in that situation. Then 
personally, I spoke with the French ambassador and uh, the person that uh, uh, the president Macron sent to, to meet uh, uh, Vincent Fischer at Sendai Station. I spoke to them for a few seconds. I told them I'm in the same situation with Mr. Vincent and that most of the case uh, government, like what is concerned, foreigner, of course, there is Japanese people, but most of our foreigner case, government official that order women to kidnap children, to run away with the children. It, I was very surprised with the answer. They told me, oh, we know about that. We know, they say, we know, we know about that, the government official are doing that. So they know about that, but they don't take any action. No. They have to talk, take strong action because they are, it's their citizen. They are doing that to their citizens, to their blood. They have their responsibilities to protect their citizens. If they don't do that, it's they are changing their situation. And we see that Japan, Japan is doing that, is going to UN, you know, as the international community to support them, to help them uh, uh, bring back their, their citizens that North Korea have kidnapped. But, but this same international community are victims of Japanese kidnapping, but they don't take strong action. That is, 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 is not normal. So I think that solve this issue is only sanction. Sanction against Japan. No? If they don't do anything, anything with the people already speak, people spoke, people do everything. Like, you know, the, the French guy have done everything legally. Legally, you have done everything. Everything legally, it, it didn't work. You go to Angat, it didn't work. Nobody's moving. So, if all country, all community, other government, they have to come together with one voice, take action against Japan. To solve this. You know, over the last 20 years, the numbers are about 3 million children who've been affected in Japan. 3 million children. And in North Korea, there's 20, is the population is about 25 million. So percentage-wise, we're looking at about 12%. So let's just round it up. One out of 15, right? So, so it's like Japan's no better than North Korea. No, it's not better because North Korea have only, uh, I don't know, I don't hear any, any other country that have kidnapping problems, North Korea. But Japan have that problem with almost everybody, all, all other countries around the world. I don't know any country that don't have, maybe like, I don't know, Saudi Arabia that, that don't allow because of their religion here. All other countries. I saw people from different countries. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But why do you think the media or like you know people like journalists and, and the others are not talking too much about this? Because this seems to be a serious issue and this seems to be inhumane and completely ridiculous. But there's nobody out there talking about this. Why do you think that is happening? That's true. That's true. Because like, uh, like you say, media, media uh, when I send my letter to CNN, I called them on phone, like it was, oh, yes, we read your statement and you are not the only person. We hear many cases like that. We hear a lot of cases like that, you know? But you are CNN, you know, you have the power, you have, you can do a proper investigation to find out, but you never, you hear many foreigner complaints, but you are not doing nothing. I mean, we saw articles being taken down by Yahoo. They're published on Yahoo and then we go back a few hours later, they're gone. This link law no longer exists. Yeah, at FMP, we do index everything that's happening in Japan when it comes to alienation and abduction. At the same time, we index every single news source that was out about Vincent's uh, hunger strike. 
and we noticed that the articles are being taken down after a day or two and i think about at least few dozens of articles have been have been taken down so far and these are like from sites like yahoo cnn and all that so that's a uh, that's true whatever you're saying it's true now with that said louis what will your message be to your daughter if she's listening uh in the case that you know she ends up listening to this particular podcast what will your message be for her no i want to tell her that uh i love her so much i love her and i would do everything to be reunited with her so she should she should not believe what the government is telling her that i don't love her people around her would say that i don't love her i'm the father i really love her and i feel the pain to be far away from her i love her so much And last but not least what is your uh, message to the Japanese people who are listening and you know the others who are actually listening to this particular podcast you know not me I'm speaking I want them to help people who don't who have who are in the same situation like me who are but they are afraid to speak out I, I know I know I know people that are very very uh, sad condition very bad condition that they are afraid to to speak out because of the retaliation of Japanese government so if they have a way to publish to approach them and hear their story and publish it also is going to be helpful for for me also you now because more people speak out uh, more our we have uh, our possibility to reach uh, our, our our children and make them change change their decision to to look after us so I want people to to know that uh, there are many 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 things that going on. like my situation where the government is officially break marriage uh, as woman to kidnap children separate from foreign father and ask them to do abortion if that is doing exist in Japan is not only my case I saw many 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 people like that so uh, if they know somebody in that situation it will encourage the person to speak out that is is going to help me help everybody that looking for your, your child in Japan and also going to make japanese people to be aware that this is what is happening in their country and make also more difficult for government to to do those what things. would you what message would you want to send to the japanese people about parental kidnapping abduction child trafficking in going on in their own country you no know, that first my message is like I'm so surprised that Japanese people are not taking strong action because I, 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 I read, I found out when uh, uh, Mr. Vincent Fischer was doing his hunger strike, I found out that every year there is a hundred and fifty, more than hundred and fifty thousand children that are half, uh, they are separated from their father or mother each year in Japan, and you know. Look like for Japan is 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 normal, you no? Know, because when even Vincent was doing hunger strike, I saw a lot of foreigners there, but only few Japanese people was there. Few Japanese people, so you know it's also difficult for me to to to, to pass a message to them because it looks like you know it's different culture. You know, the French guy who will take. Uh, No, he leaves his job, he leaves everything, have a good job, nice job, abandon everything to go for the public do hunger strike. You no, know? but there are a lot of many thousand, like you say, three million, more than three million family there, Japanese family that don't take any action, don't move. So it's very difficult for me also to pass the message to them because 
everything is controlled by their government. So, but they should know that that is not uh, is not good for the child. The child have the right to know both sides of the family, the mother side, the father side, and it's good for the child education. And kidnapping is hurting. It's hurt. It's a crime. That is a crime. Uh, is it should be condemned by the law. All right, Louis. Uh, thank you so much for doing this particular session with us. I know that uh, that it's a lot long session and we talked about a lot of things. But with that said, I'm very grateful for your time and I really hope that uh, your situation improves. Now, if you want to know more about the documentary, please check the show notes for the link. And I hope that you will support the documentary by streaming it or watching it online. I would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you're not alone in this. With that said, if you need specific legal advice, please get your own independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner. If you're a minor or if you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts of this episode, please approach a responsible adult or someone knowledgeable on the topic and ask them for clarifications. We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone, and if you have further questions or comments regarding Find My Parent, or this interview you can always email me at sk@findmyparent.org if you're someone who got separated from your own parent and would like to find your parent again please go to findmyparent.org and fill out your details with the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology we hope to help you find your alienated parent or child again if you're part of an ngo or even a private company passionate about this topic please reach out through the contact us page in findmyparent.org and we hope to work together with you all right folks that's it for this week speak to you next week take care till then